Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I heard that verse many times growing up in church. Invariably, right before it was time for the ushers to bring out the offering baskets. The preceding verse was seldom used in conjunction with that prosperity message in Luke 6.38. Verse 37 says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Jesus is saying, if you judge, you'll be judged. If you condemn, you'll be condemned. If you forgive, you'll be forgiven. Now, judging is stating something that is. This is that way. He is that way. She is this way and always has been this way or will be that way. You're judging them. You're making a judgment. You're naming it, defining their state. That's a judgment. Whatever you give in judgment or condemnation or forgiveness, whatever you give to a seeming other in imagination will be given back to you pressed down, shaken together, make more room for more, and then even more on top of that, running over. (laughs) Regardless of whether it's something lovely or unlovely. Now, it was used in my church to fire up the congregation, to get them to open their wallets and write those checks with the promise that they'll have a flood of money come back to them and more than they could possibly imagine if they make sure they give that offering, make sure they're paying their tithes. And then offerings on top of that. Our pastor was very clear on that. A tithe is a requirement. God says you must give 10% of your gross income, not your net. (laughs) And then on top of that, if you really want to be blessed, you need to put some extra on there. Down here, we call that lanyap, a little something extra on top of the tithe. Well, that's a business. They needed the money for the business of running the church. But that's not what this verse is talking about. You give to the Father within you. That's where the tithe goes. Give everything, your first fruits to your Father, your imagination. I can't remember any pastor pointing out that the giving mentioned in that verse applies to anything other than tithes and offerings. It applies to everything and is being applied at all times. Whatever I'm giving in consciousness to myself and to seeming others will bear fruit in my life. The little judgments I make, the assumptions I make about others, whether they come from love or not, will show up in my own life. They're like seeds planted, and my harvest is much greater in size and quantity than the seed I planted. The branches on that tree are heavy with the fruit of my imaginal gifts. I have caught myself imagining unlovely things for others, and I'm sure you have too. And I've talked to people that were angry at the president, and some were thrilled that he was diagnosed with the virus, that he got sick. 
or was diagnosed with it. Some even told me that they hoped worse things would happen to him because of the virus. Well, he deserves it, or they deserve it. This political party deserves what they get, or they deserve what they get because of the color of their skin, or you can't trust them because of the country they came from. Are they here legally? Can't trust them. Well, I hear the gifts they're giving themselves. I'm talking about the feeling that was behind those words, what they're imagining about these others. Neville says it too in prayer, the art of believing. He says, to awaken a state within another, it must first be awake within you. Therefore, to give is to receive. You cannot give what you do not have, and you have only what you believe. So to believe a state as true of another not only awakens that state within the other, but it makes it alive within you. You are what you believe. Beliefs are gifts that you give yourself because there are no others. We are all one. We are God. I've caught myself many times giving unlovely gifts to seeming others that I really don't want for myself. I can think of one of my in-laws and remember the snide, judgmental things he said to one of my sons on Facebook, and I'm off giving him all sorts of unlovely gifts in imagination rather than showing him the same love and forgiveness that I want. The Bible says to imitate God as children. <laughs> One day back when my oldest son was only four years old, he had spent the morning with my father. And my dad had returned to our house with my son. And as they were walking to the front door, a school bus roared by. And my little four-year-old yells, there goes my damn school bus. Now, he used a different word. I replaced it with damn. <laughs> Use your imagination. But my dad was shocked and angry, not at my son, but at me, because my child was imitating his father. <laughs> we are to imitate God, the Father within us. Imitate our true self. The first principle, or Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. 1 John 4.8 says that God is love. So, be still. Relax. Quit fighting made-up enemies and know that I am love. Know that my awareness of being is love. That's who you are. Love. It seems crazy to say that when you're thinking through these filters that we call ourselves, our bodies, our families, our race, gender, traditions, religion, political parties, on and on. I know. Maybe you can accept that you're love for yourself, but then you think of someone else. You don't see how they can be the same love you are. <laughs> I know, I've been there. You may watch the news and you react, you see someone on there and you think, wow, 
You're thinking all these unlovely things about them and hateful things even and wishing some awful things could happen to them because they deserve it. Don't they see that they're ruining the country? They're love just like you. They're God just like you. Behind this mask of their identity, behind this mask of the state they're dwelling in. See the state they're in, recognize the state, but don't judge the beingness dwelling in the state. So God is love, but God also kills and makes alive, wounds and heals, creates prosperity and poverty, forms the light and the darkness. The love of God, awareness, is so great that it provides us with whatever we are in consciousness, whatever we're conscious of being and allowing in consciousness for others. God always gives us what we need. Awareness always provides for us. I told someone that a while back, that yes, God does give us everything we need. Everything we need to sustain the state we're dwelling in. So if you're dwelling in this state of poverty, I promise you God's going to give you everything you need to sustain that state. And then you move into a state of wealthiness or wealth, financial freedom. I promise you God will give you everything you need to sustain and confirm the state of wealth. We look back on our lives and come up with all kinds of reasons why it turned out as it has so far justifying the failures or successes, giving blame and credit to outside forces and people. Well, it would happen because of this, not because of anything I did. I've done that. Even with wonderful things that have happened, it happens so naturally with a natural, normal chain of events that I've noticed myself even thinking, oh, well, it happened because of this. It would have happened anyway. But it is always what we allow in consciousness for ourselves and others. Neville says this in his talk, Love Endureth. If you're reading it, the transcript version, the title of it is Love Endureth. There's an audio version of a very similar lecture, Love Endures. They're practically the same. I'm not sure if the transcription just left out certain sentences that are in the audio file, or if it's the same lecture given on the same day, two different times, and so he says it a little differently. The same message, whether you want to listen to it or read it. Love endureth. He says, Tonight I ask you to imitate God as dear children. In the first epistle of John, the fourth verse, we read, We love because he first loved us. Our love is only a response because he loved us first. Now make it a personal I and say, I love because God first loved me and imitate him as a dear child. If I want the response of love and expect it to come from another, I will wait in vain. But if I imitate God, he or she will love me because I first loved him or her. And when he says, I live, therefore you will live also, it is because I live. Just as in the story of Pygmalion and Galatea, the great artist created an image out of marble and fell in love with his image. Then he prayed to the goddess of love to endow it with life. When this was done, the statue became a beautiful woman, and the first word she uttered was the name Pygmalion. 
the first word you and I ever uttered was Jesus' name. For before we could ever utter a word, we had to be aware of being. And that is saying, I am. God, the great artist, created you. And falling in love with his creation, he gave it the gift of life by giving you the gift of himself. And God is love. Greater love has no man than this. Tonight, fall in love as God. Imitate him as a dear child. Love any state so much you die to any other. Live there as God, and you will live there as man also. Fulfill every desire of your heart, for in time it will all pass away. And always remember who you are, for you are love, the one and only reality of the world, and that which endureth forever. Neville says that each one of us is God. I say it too, and many other uh, teachers and gurus and self-help people. <laughs> you hear it a lot. Say that with me. I am God. How does that feel? Well, honestly, for me, it's always, it's a little vague and, I don't know, fuzzy for me. I am God. Well, what does that mean? What do those three letters mean? <laughs> Maybe it seems scary to you, depending on your con concept of that word, God. But God is love. And so those words are interchangeable. I am love. Now that I can feel. And that same love is what gives life to my states of consciousness. I've told you the story about how when Kim and I first met back in night class in college, I fell madly in love with her from the first day I met her. I wasn't interested in anyone or anything else, really. Not after meeting her. Nothing but her. I was consumed by the idea of being with her. So consumed that I turned away from all others. Have you ever felt like that? Well, I'm sure you have. I know you've had some experience of loving someone or something so much that nothing else interested you any longer. It didn't matter that I had just met her or whether or not she was in a relationship. There was nothing anyone could have told me to shake my absolute assurance of my love for her. I knew we were going to be together. For more on that, check out episode 168. That's what Neville's saying here. Love a state so much that you die to all others. All these other states of lack, of small and separateness disappear because your eyes are only on and in this new state. Fall in love with the state of your wish fulfilled. Love it so completely that it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Be bold. Listen, that was a tough one for me because I let it be tough. I was raised to be polite. Let others, you know, they can do what they want. I'll keep my mouth shut. I'm not talking about being a jerk to everybody and ramrodding your will over everybody else. That's force and that's doing it on the outside. Be bold with what you want and be bold in your decisions. When I'm at a restaurant and the waiter brings me something less than what I wanted, I send it back. I did it the other day with Ophir when he was in town. We were at a nice restaurant and I was craving some steamed broccoli. 
I love broccoli. But the waiter brought out some stringy, soggy mess of broccoli sitting in a puddle of cool water in the bowl. <laughs> I didn't accept it. The waiter said the cook can't do it any other way. That's how he does it, she says. <laughs> well, I didn't eat broccoli at that restaurant. But guess what I had that evening back at the apartment? I refused to accept anything less than what I wanted. I could have taken what the waiter served me. After all, I mean, it's broccoli. It's got the vitamins and minerals I need, so it's good for me. I might as well go ahead and eat it. But that's not why I wanted it. I wanted to eat some yummy broccoli. I know my broccoli example is a basic one, but it's the same feeling of determination, the same decision-making and sticking to the decision type of feeling that applies to everything in my life, whether it's money or health, relationships. It's the same feeling. It's a subtle knowingness, a determination, no force, no fighting, a decision made, and I'm sticking to my decision. No need to fight or argue or connive or convince. I choose what I want, assume that new identity, that new state, and know from that moment on, I am the new state. I'm not waiting until a bridge of incident appears before me and then I start the journey toward my wish's fulfillment. Maybe it'll show up one day. I fell in love with the new state. Accepting its reality, I now know that I am in the new state, just like I was when I met Kim, head over hills, in love with Kim. I fall in love with the new state, and I only have eyes for the new state. In that love that is God, that is us, is power. Take some time and just get quiet and ask yourself, what does love feel like? Don't rush it. Just sit with it. When you first ask yourself that, you might have this bubbling up of unlovely things, unlovely feelings come up. Why you can't be loved or why you can't express love. Okay. Just notice them. You don't have to pick it up and identify yourself with it now. Let it bubble up and dissipate. Let the feeling of love come. It will. You'll feel it welling up inside you. Mm. The first time I did what I'm talking about here, my whole body was vibrating. Not an external vibration. No one would have seen it, noticed it, or certainly not heard a buzzing coming from me. <laughs> they would have wondered what I had in my pocket. No, it was an internal vibration, my entire body from my toes, my lips, everything in between. A frequency of vibration I've never experienced externally was all within me, and it lasted for hours. Everywhere I went, driving around, running errands, I felt it, and I felt more alive than I ever have before. Not, not my body. The body that day seemed to be sluggish, Again, no one would have noticed that sluggishness. Looking at me, you wouldn't think there was any sluggishness or slowing, but that's what it felt like. 
It felt like the awareness within me with this was just so fast and alive and vibrant. And it was making my body feel like it was drugged. It was slow, nearly cataleptic at some points. What my five senses detected seemed shadowy. But within, there was an awareness that, uh, an awareness that I've never, ever experienced to that depth before. And the only way to describe it, I can say bliss, oh, love. Love is the only word I can come up with to describe that feeling, what I was experiencing that day in response to my question to myself. A love, a love beyond the love I felt for Kim and the love I feel for Kim. A love greater than anything I've experienced or expressed on earth. It's easier to come up with ways I can, that it's not. <laughs> I can compare it and contrast it with things I've experienced than come up with the right words to describe to you what I was experiencing. I would, I would fluctuate between giggling like a little child and then crying, oh, not out of sadness or sorrow at all, just weeping from the sheer beauty of what I was experiencing. There was no drug or drink that I've ever had that can get me anywhere near what I experienced in love. Mm. I'm feeling it now, just talking about it again and letting it well up inside me and bubble out. It's exciting. It's a the vibrancy that it, I've never seen in a sunset or a sunrise. I love the mountains. I love the mountains, but there's no mountain view I've ever had that can compare to the feeling that I'm talking about here. That's love. And that's who I am. And that's who you are too. I love you. I'm feeling twisty.